0: It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, well somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle. He's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Two minutes. Barry. That was Sauce Gardner. Swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brace Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown. Into the NCAA record books. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at jet one And it is time for the Jets Patriots. Post-game report, the Patriots come into MetLife Stadium and defeat the Jets 22-17, so to talk about it, we bring in our friend Who covers the Jets for NJ.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez Andy, what's going on, man?
1: Not much, Scott, I gotta say um, 22-17 is deceiving, Mm -hmm. I am not to be a mean person But it was not a game that felt like 22-17 You were there, I'm sure you would agree with that, Um I feel bad for Jets fans. That was a tough one, but um, I mean, it says a lot about where they are, and uh, they're obviously a team that has a chance to do something. I I think, especially with what you saw from the defense in the first half, um, this team has a chance to do something. I mean, I think we all see that, but what happened in the second half and what happened after that John Franklin Myers penalty that I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, that that was a different story and it, and it shows exactly how far the jets have to come before they can do something. So it was an interesting day. And I, and I feel, again, I feel bad for Jets fans because they showed up early uh, that the stadium was juiced today. It was cool to see. It was a great atmosphere in the first half. And and then um, not, not so much in the second half for understandable reasons.
0: Definitely the loudest I've heard MetLife stadium since 2016 and yet, unfortunately, the Jets weren't able to pay off that enthusiasm. I want to get to Zach Wilson in a little bit, but first let's talk about that John Franklin Myers penalty because this is really where the game turned. The Jets were up 10-3. Zach Wilson had just thrown an interception. The Patriots were looking for some points before the half. Mac Jones went back to pass. It got intercepted by Michael Carter II. He took it all the way back for a touchdown. It was going to be 17-3. But the referee ended up calling a roughing the passer penalty on John Franklin Myers. Now, as you and I were talking about before we started recording, Andy, and as I said on Twitter, was this a very weak penalty in terms of The amount of contact and how hard Mac Jones was hit by John Franklin Myers? Absolutely. But based on the rules and based on the way you know the referees are going to call these things, was it a penalty? Of course it was. John Franklin Myers launched himself at Mac Jones after Jones had released the ball out of his hands. It's going to get called. They all know it's going to get called, so it can't be done. There's no excuse for it. And this penalty ended up being so immensely costly to the Jets. So we'll start there, Andy. That, to me, was the turning point of the game. Without that penalty, the Jets may very well have gone on to win this game. But instead of it being 17-3, it ends up being 10-6. Just a huge swing of 10 points there.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I can't disagree with anything you just said. Um, I, I agree with you that in, if you go over the history of the NFL, um, I hate the penalty. I don't like the way they're calling it now, but it's not a secret the way they're calling it now. They've been calling it this way for a while. And in that context, it's a clear penalty. Um, and it's hard to blame anybody else but John Franklin Myers in in, in this situation. It just is. Um. I don't want to say he's the reason they lost the game because I don't believe that's true. They had more than 30 minutes of football to play after that. But also, if that doesn't happen, I, I do think the Jets win this going away. I mean, not only did it change the the, the game in terms of a 10 or 17-point swing or however you want to label it, considering what happened to start the second half, um, it the, the the vibe like in the stadium, the stadium wasn't allowed after that. The defense did not play with the same energy after that. I, I even asked Robert Sala about this game or about, about what happened after that play. It seemed like the Patriots were kind of able to dictate and do whatever they wanted after that. Um, it, it just changed everything. It was such a huge play. And um, I, I can't even disagree with what you said about benching JFM. Um uh, obviously he didn't mean to do it obviously it, it's i'm sure he feels bad about it but like i i have a hard time having much sympathy when you look at the way the NFL is calling this penalty and everyone knows and sure they could have let it go and and sure i understand jets fans frustration with maybe feeling like they didn't get a lot of calls today et cetera et cetera but Ultimately, if he holds up there, it doesn't affect the play. Um, and it, obviously, it's really easy to say that from my standpoint, sitting, you know, a hundred feet above the field. But it, it just is what it is. It, it was a huge play. It was. It's hard to find a play in my time covering this team that impacted the game as much as this one did. Adversely, unfortunately, John Franklin Myers has another one like that uh, week three against the Bengals at the end of the first quarter, he had a play where the Bengals were going to be off the field going to the sideline. He hits Joe burrow a little late. It wasn't a hard hit, but it was late. They, they flag it. The drive stays alive. Last play of the first quarter. I think it was a 56 yard touchdown to chase all of a sudden. Quentin Williams and Aaron White are getting into it. And that was the end of that game. But this one was even more impactful. And, um, Look again. I don't want to be nitpicky, but it's happened before with Frank LeMire's. It happened again. It killed the Jets today. It just killed them. I don't. There's no other way to say it. And um, it, it it just is what happened. So, yeah. I mean that that was a tough moment for for the Jets and for their fans. And I have a hard time believing it wouldn't have been different if that hadn't happened.
0: It also would have been different, Andy, if Zach Wilson hadn't made the killer mistakes that he made. Now, there were some good plays here from Zach Wilson, who threw for over 300 yards. So, as you joked before we started recording, Andy, I guess everything's good because Zach Wilson put up over 300 yards passing. He threw three interceptions. One was the one that I talked about before the half that Michael Carter almost reversed with that pick six. And then he threw two back-breaking interceptions in the second half where he was just running around round off balance and basically chucked the ball up into the air and ended up getting intercepted one of them he said he was trying to throw it away I'm not sure how that even works just throw it out of bounds it's that simple but the problem as far as Zach Wilson goes is the Jets were sort of hiding him the last few weeks with Brees Hall playing so well with Brees Hall gone Zach Wilson needed to do more and he wasn't able to do it He did have that really nice throw to Garrett Wilson, who had a big day, 115 yards receiving. He was one of the few bright spots on the day against the Patriots, Andy. But when it all comes down to it, we can talk about John Franklin Myers, and he is one of the major culprits here. The other is Zach Wilson, who played very, very poorly. The Jets cannot continue to get this level of play. Yes, the offensive line was bad. They let up a ton of pressures. But Zach Wilson tends to take the ball, run about 10 yards backwards, run around in a circle, and then... Throw the ball away or throw in incompletion. He threw for 355 yards and two touchdowns, but three interceptions and was only 20 of 41 passing. So, overall, a really rough day for him. This can't go on much longer. As I said, he was hidden by Brees Hall for a while. Now he has to step up. If this is going to be the result of him stepping up, the Jets are going to have a really tough time winning games, and we'll see what happens the rest of the year. But if he doesn't improve significantly by the end of 2022, the Jets are going to have to start considering other options or at least somebody to come in here and compete with Zach Wilson because this was unacceptable in every way imaginable.
1: Look, I I have been a person who has tried to be as rational as possible. I've tried to learn from covering Sam Darnold. And, and tried to be as rational as possible with Zach Wilson and not pass judgment with him through his first 17 games. It was his 18th game as a starting quarterback. There is no excuse for what we saw in the second half. Uh, and I'm not even just talking about the interceptions. The interceptions were horrific and, I mean, like, just mind-numbing. Like, this guy just threw the ball up for grabs as if it didn't matter, and he did it more than once. And even when there were times he hit a throwaway where he threw the ball in between like four players in his own defense where he was if he was trying to do that on purpose. Like, why would you do that? And what are you thinking? And, And that was, I think, before the two interceptions. It was a really nice taste of things to come. But like, there's no defense for this. I don't care. Like Zach Wilson is super talented. He has a great arm. I think he sees the field better than Sam Darnold did. Um, not not saying much, obviously, but like you cannot excuse what he did in the second half where he just threw the ball up for grabs. And we'll get into his explanation later, which makes it even worse um, somehow. But yeah, I mean, that's why you can't put this on John Franklin Myers because th- it was still there for them. The Jets are a better team than the Patriots. And, and yet, here they are getting dominated in the second half because the Jets can't trust their quarterback to really do anything. And when they did trust him to do stuff, and, and not to say he's in an easy situation. The offensive line had a bad day today. Um, he was under pressure the whole game, and, and that's a tough situation to be in. But there is no excuse for just throwing the ball up there with as if, you, you know, it's just he was just throwing it up for grabs and, and again I I cannot excuse that. I cannot um come up with an answer for that. The Jets were good enough to win today if Zach Wilson was a functional quarterback and he was not.
0: Just terrible balance too, Andy. Very tough to watch overall. Another thing that was tough to watch was the way the Jets defense was attempting to defend Ramondre Stevenson. The Patriots didn't do a lot on offense other than Stevenson. Mac Jones wasn't all that good. Threw for 194 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But if you watch the game, he just was thoroughly unimpressive. Their leading receiver in terms of receptions and yardage was Jacoby Myers. I'm not talking about Stevenson. Stevenson was their leading receiver and rusher, but I'm saying beyond that as far as actual wide receivers, Jacoby Myers had nine catches for 60 yards. He did have a touchdown, but... It wasn't like the Patriots were lighting things up in the air. It was Stevenson, 16 carries, 71 yards, and seven catches for 72 yards. So he was pretty much a one-man wrecking crew. Andy, we've talked about this before. The Jets have had a lot of trouble defending the middle of the field. The Patriots exploited this, and Ramondre Stevenson made them pay all afternoon.
1: Yeah, the Jets, I mean, if you've read my coverage on NJ.com, if you listen to me on here, I've said it multiple times that they are extremely vulnerable covering in the middle of the field with linebackers and the patriots unsurprisingly attacked that today and especially after halftime the jets just didn't have an answer uh they started to do it the run as well and and uh it, it was bad and other teams are going to use that as a blueprint against them and they need to fix it i think they can because of what they have on the defense and, and other teams have obviously known about this and they haven't been able to do it. And even the Patriots weren't able to do it in the first half, but um, it just kind of goes to speak that when they're not doing anything offensively, everything becomes harder because, you know, these people are human beings on the defense and they, they need to get some positive productivity from the offense uh, to, to continue the level of play that they're playing at. So, um, Yeah, I mean, it it was frustrating to watch from from the Jets' standpoint, I'm sure. and um, I do think it's something that they can counteract and deal with, but they're going to need more production from the offense. And and just to be clear on Mac Jones, as you pointed out, like the interception he threw at the end of the first half that that Michael Carter returned for a touchdown, an interception that should have stood if, if it hadn't worked out the way it did, I mean, that play happened, and it was terrible. It was probably worse than any of the interceptions Zach Wilson threw in the second half. So it's not as if the Patriots and other teams don't have their problems with the quarterbacks, but, but, but still, um, yeah, I mean, that's an issue for the jets that they have to clean up in the middle of the field. And it's going to be a vulnerability all year long. I mean, CJ Mosley plays his ass off, but it's clear that, you know, him, Quan Alexander, Quincy Williams, uh, Coverage is not their strength, and it's a huge vulnerability for the defense, and we saw it play out
0: today. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Should mention, Andy, that if you took Ramondre Stevenson as one of your two to five players that you picked over at prizepicks.com against his player projection for the Daily Fantasy matchup, you would have won on that one because his player projection was 62 yards rushing. He had 71. You can play – Every week if you want to do NFL or you can play daily with other sports, basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever you want. It's all there at prizepicks.com. You play against the player projections. You don't play against other people. It's very easy to play. Use the promo code PLAJ when you sign up and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in $100, bucks, they will match you 100 bucks. You put in $50, bucks, they will match you 50 bucks. Just use the promo code PLAJ when you go over to prizepicks.com. Dot .com. Andy, I want to talk about the special teams briefly as well because they were rough today, too. Greg Zerline missing a kick. And then really one of the biggest blunders of the day that is not going to get enough attention considering the attention that's on John Franklin Myers and Zach Wilson. It was busted punt return coverage late in the game. That led to another Patriots score. The Jets probably would have had a chance to win this if they hadn't allowed that. So this was a bad day for Brant unit as well. Ramondre Stevenson gashed the Jets' defense. Zach Wilson really destroyed the Jets' offense along with the offensive line, and the special teams did nothing to help matters.
1: Yeah, and let's be clear, one of the biggest issues for the Jets' offense today is they couldn't establish the run. I think they ended up with like 53 yards or something like that. Um, and and yeah, special teams was an issue, and honestly, it was an issue from the opening play of the game. I think Braxton Barrios took a kickoff out of the the end zone three yards deep and returned it to, like, the 15. Um, And and that happened more than once. And that's not something you usually see from him, and that was a sign that that something was amiss. Now, they overcame it in the first half, but, again, a very poorly timed missed field goal by Greg Zerline, especially when you consider that last week in... uh, Obviously, you have a little bit of an advantage in Denver kicking in the thinner air, but it was gusty, windy. It wasn't just windy last week in Denver. It was like gusting from five to 35 and and he made all his kicks there, but, but he missed that. I think it was from 45 yards today. He had not missed a field goal of less than 50 yards since week one. So that was poorly timed because it just kind of flipped everything on the jets in that, in that second half where they would have been down by one possession but they were down by two and it made everything harder. And and obviously, yes, that, that was a horribly timed situation where they let up the big pump return. And, and even though they weren't burned horribly by it, the Patriots just got a field goal out of it. The jets defense held them to a three and out. The jets defense was, you know, bad on that first drive to start the second half, but, but, you know, got them out of some tough situations as the half went on and credited them for that. But, um, that special teams mistake was huge. And yes, I think it, it, it had a huge impact on the game and, and those extra three points when you combine the, the misses or line field goal and, and the, the pump return that allowed that field goal, that made a huge difference in the second half where I think the jets would have had a very good chance to win the game had it not played out like that.
0: And the injury wise, anything we need to know?
1: I did not see anything of note today. So I think, That is a rare bit of good news. I think with that and Garrett Wilson setting a career high in receiving yards, those were the positives for the Jets. I mean, I think they can and need to rely on Garrett Wilson as their top offensive weapon now because he is their most explosive player by far. Um, Now that Brees Hall is out. But yeah, In, in terms of injuries, the Jets got through this one. It seems unscathed, so that is good news.
0: Let's go inside the locker room, Andy. And this was an adventure today. You asked a lot of questions, questions that needed to be asked. (laughs) Robert Sala had some very interesting answers, especially as it pertained to Mike White and why Chris Strebler was called up to the active roster only to be deactivated. We also heard from Zach Wilson, who had some eye-opening answers and most of all elijah moore who i'm convinced as my friend john grello would say <laughs> is trying to push the eject button to get himself traded before the trade deadline because i can't come up with any other explanation for why he would have said what he said in the locker room so andy do your best here because i know there's a lot please navigate through all this for us
1: oh no problem scott it's really easy to navigate through okay <laughs> we'll start with Salah post game uh he said a lot of interesting things. He was despondent, basically. I mean, we haven't seen this version of Robert Sala since going back to last year where he was this uh, you know, downtrodden after the game. It is always a stark contrast when we see this. And let's not forget, like this did happen several times last year. He dropped some F-bombs in press conferences. He, he definitely showed um, that he doesn't take losing super well. We saw that again today. This was the first time in 2022 we really saw that. Um, uh, he just you know didn't have a lot of good answers on Zach Wilson. He says he needs to be better, but it's not all on Zach. It's on everybody, and that is true. They need to put him in a better position. Um, a lot of it was they didn't block well enough for him today. Uh, but you know, you know, he didn't have good answers on Zach Wilson, and part of the reason is how do you how do you really have good answers for what we saw in the second half with him? Um, let me just kind of kind of get to it. Um, he said, well, look at the tape. We have to do better with the ball. This is a team that feasts on your mistakes. If you're off by just a hair, you're going to pay for it. Collectively. We all have to be better than the better with the ball. Um, you know, just kind of trying to, you know, deflect it from Zach Wilson. But as the press conference went on, there was really nothing he could do because it was, it was pretty obvious that this team was, was capable of winning today. If Zach Wilson had played better, um, uh, when he was asked directly if Zach Wilson has to play better, he said, quote, he always has to play better. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> fair. That's true. I, it, I don't know why I'm laughing. It's just funny. But he said he always has to play better. The point is, as soon as you step on the field, you have to play better. He has to play better. And we have to find ways to help him. Um, yeah, he, he needs to play better. I mean, it is kind of ironic, or I don't know if ironic's the right word, but it is interesting that he threw for, 300 yards for the first time in his career today. And, and we're talking about what a disaster it was and it was a disaster. I mean, I I think 60 of those, those yards, what got him over 300 was a, a pass to Denzel Mims who was still looking for his first career touchdown reception. uh, But, but Denzel Mims was heavily featured today and had a, a a nice 60 yard catch there in the fourth quarter. So there is that, um, uh, on Wilson scrambling, going bad. Robert Sala said, um, Here's what he said, quote, the line of scrimmage goes all the way around the globe in those situations. So you can throw it in the sands if you want to. We'll figure it out. We have to help him out. We have to find a way to get that fixed. He's talking about Zach Wilson and what we saw today, the mistakes he made when he was scrambling. Um, Somebody asked if Zach Wilson's interception early in the game, the one that Ty Johnson, that he airmailed throwing off his back foot, was something that affected him the rest of the game. That would be a good question for him. You have to be able to bounce back and move on. We still went in the locker room up 10-6, but that would be a better question for him. Um And, I mean, I could just go on and on with the Zach Wilson stuff. Um Sal said they have faith in Z. I, that is a new nickname for Zach Wilson. I have not heard Z before. Uh, so maybe that's a sign of how dire things are getting, but... <laughs> um, he, he did. I'm sorry. I, I wish I could be a little bit more serious with this. It's just, um, it's hard to, I mean, I mean look, honestly, this is my take on, on what Robert Sala was saying today. He's trying to defend the indefensible and that's an impossible spot to be in. So I'm not laughing at the situation. I'm just la. I am laughing at the situation, but I'm, I'm laughing at him being in an impossible situation because if he's, were to be honest, it, it would not sound pretty. Uh, it would sound worse than this. So he's in a tough spot. Um, anyway, going back on, on you know how he was asked directly, how do you keep the team from getting frustrated with, with Zach Wilson making these killer mistakes? And he says, quote, we have faith in Z. He's played good football. He's taken care of the football since he's gotten back. He's shown flashes of good football. So everyone in the locker room. Still has his back, end quote. Um, And then, yeah, as as things went on, I asked him about how does Zach Wilson not lose his confidence when he's making mistakes that that everyone in the stadium was like, what is he doing? Um, Quote, he can't lose his confidence. We have to do a better job. We have to figure out a way to help him. They are self inflicted wounds. It wasn't anything they did. Football is hard enough. Going against these defenses are hard enough. It's when you make mistakes that are self inflicted that make it impossible. For Zach, he's going to figure it out. He's going to be fine. Okay. Now I'll go to Zach Wilson. We're just going to keep on the Zach Wilson train here before we get to the other stuff. Zach Wilson was basically asked, what were you thinking when you threw the ball up for grabs in the second half? And his ultimate answer was was not a great one. Um, He said that he's become so tired of throwing away the ball that he basically lost his patience and forced the issue. So the on the two interceptions, he basically like explained the way – the first interception is like it happens, whatever. Fair enough. So on the last two, he admitted like those were bad, and, and that can't happen. He said in the first one he was trying to throw the ball away, but it didn't happen soon enough. The defense got to him faster than he realized. He had no intention of that ball being in bounds, and then it was – and, and McCourty picked it off. I, I still don't exactly understand why that wasn't reviewed officially. Um, and Robert Sala asked him about that after the game. He did not understand either. But it wasn't reviewed interception. On the second one, he said that one was just bad. I just forced the issue. Um, that, that was a mistake. And, and as the press conference went on, his answers got shorter and shorter because um, there, there wasn't really any good answers. Um, So just a a slight sampling of that on where the Jets go from here. Wilson said, we'll watch the film and learn from it and get better. I can get rid of those mistakes. We'll be good. Um, uh, On the stats not suggesting he's taken a second year jump quote. I don't care about the stats." end quote. On if he has taken a play, a second year jump, he was basically asked like, how does he think he's played so far? I don't look at it like that. I go one game at a time, one play at a time on facing the Patriots again soon. We'll have those guys in two weeks. And if he wants to play the Patriots again, (laughs) quote, we're thinking about Buffalo now that's ultimate goal, but the divisional games are big ones. So this still hurts, especially for me because of the plays I had that I want back. Of course, it's not that we're eyeing these guys on the schedule. We're going to play them again. They're part of our division on to Buffalo. How can we make these corrections? and we've got a great team coming up this week, end quote. And that was the end of his press conference. The one other quote that I thought was interesting and and will will probably haunt him um, moving forward, especially if he doesn't figure it out, quote, there are always things that happen, and sometimes you just sit there and wonder, why did I just do that kind of thing? But it's part of football. You've got to move on. You've got to learn, end quote. So, again, I don't think that's a legitimate excuse for – why Zach Wilson did what he did today. You can't just throw the ball away because you're frustrated with having to throw the ball away. That's not a good excuse. You've got to be better. I don't think that's breaking news by me saying that. And now we'll move on to Elijah Moore. And I don't really even know where to start with this one. Um, Elijah Elijah Moore said he was sorry that he was a distraction. He regretted being a distraction, but then not long after that, in this press conference, his first availability since requesting a trade last week because he was unhappy with his role in the offense when the Jets had just won three games in a row and had their best record since 2010, the last time they made the playoffs. Um, when he was asked, when somebody asked a question that said, basically, um, I know you wish this hadn't gotten out in the public or whatever, he's like, Oh, I don't regret it. I don't I don't regret that like I criticized the Jets I regret that like you guys made such a big deal out of it basically is what he said which kind of um, takes you into how this whole thing went with Elijah Moore it, it was it was bizarre um, at one point he was asked about his chemistry with Zach Wilson and he said um, I don't know I don't know I don't get the ball I don't know um, he also was kind of asked to explain why he requested the trade. His his response to that ended up being, you know, everybody's got to look out for themselves and I've got a family to feed to. Um, I, don't, I don't know how large his family is. Uh, he's 22 years old. I don't think he has a wife and kids. I don't know that. I shouldn't say, but and again, uh, I don't know what that meant exactly other than he made it very clear that like he's still not happy with the situation. He, it seems like he's not happy with Zach Wilson, but he didn't he wouldn't get into that uh, other than to say that he doesn't know where their chemistry is at because he doesn't get the ball. Um he did he was targeted once today, the the pass was broken up and and he had no catches. Um, I'm trying to think of of what else was said in that that whole interaction, which was, which was strange. Um, There, there was a lot of notable stuff. Some of the other sampling from Elijah Moore's availability, he was asked if he's still frustrated quote, of course, man, it's frustrating. Um, But it is what it is, is what it is. By the way, uh, this is me talking now was a common theme in Elijah Moore's press conference today, (laughs) but he says it is what it is. It's the cards I'm dealt. I'm trying to do the best I can with the cards I'm dealt right now. End quote um i asked him very directly do you does your trade request still stand or do you want to be with the jets quote it doesn't really matter i'm here and while i'm here i want to do the best i can i want to help all my teammates out i love all my brothers so we didn't get the win today but we're trying to focus on the next game end quote when he was asked about what went wrong since Zach Wilson took over because he seemed to play pretty well the the first three games. He disputed the fact that he played well the first three games and then refused to give an answer. He says, quote, I can't really answer that. I feel like we're probably in a better position than we were now as far as just relationship, but I don't know. I can't answer that one. So I don't know if he was talking about the team or if he's talking about the quarterback. It, It was super vague, but that's what he said. Um, when asked if everything was good with Mike LaFleur, he said, yeah, for sure. It is what it is right now. We're in a good spot. We're cool. Is he happy playing for the jets? Yeah, man, I'm happy every day I wake up. Um, he said that, you know, there's a number of reasons that it hasn't worked out, but he can't quite put his finger on it. Uh, he said, quote, I know just as much as you guys know. So uh, not exactly taking a bunch of responsibility there. Um, so going back to all the other stuff about not wanting it to be a big public spectacle, he said, the one thing I wish hadn't happened with all this trade stuff and everything going on is just the distraction of myself. What happened with me? I can't change it. I can't change it. I only wish I didn't cause so much of a distraction for my teammates. Um, and he said that he wish he could have kept some of this stuff internalized because he didn't want to be a distraction. But then again, like I said earlier, he literally refuted a question that, you know, said you didn't want this to become public. He says, I don't think I wish I would have kept it inside. I'm saying I wish everything that comes with it wouldn't get out to y'all, us as reporters. And then, you know, he kind of came at the at reporters and fans a little bit, again, with vague comments, but when he was asked about social media and like the challenge of navigating that and like none of this would have happened if not for Twitter, because that's where all of this started. He says about social media quote, you just got to get off of it. It's just something that all of us battle with, you know, it's crazy. You really think about it, you guys. And I I think he was talking about reporters here, but again, it's not clear. You guys are home or here just watching somebody's life. And you guys get to say anything you want to say. We've got to respond back in the so-called humble way, even when we're getting disrespected, but you've just got, but you've just got to stay off of it. That's the moral of the story. And we saying stay off of it, he means social media. And then <laughs> another funny moment, or at least to me, was he was asked if it's hard in this offense when you're not the first option or the first read to get the ball. And he literally laughed. And he says, I don't know if I can answer that. I think it's a hard league to pass the ball in general. You've got to play football at the end of the day but I don't know. I can't really answer that question. Um, he said there's things going on behind the scenes. Not all it's bad. He feels good about it, where he's at, and he attacks every day, the same as he did before this trade request, and he'll he'll be there. Okay, and then finally, again, I'm sorry this is so long, but there was a lot to go over in the locker room. Finally, the whole Streveler thing, the whole Joe Flacco thing. Basically, Sala was asked why... Traveler wasn't playing even though he was activated yesterday or or elevated to to the roster. He was also asked why Joe Flacco for the first time this season wasn't active even though he was the starting quarterback weeks one through three when Zach Wilson wasn't in there. And the Jets raved about how important Joe Flacco was to this team and how they believe in him, all of that. Suddenly he's inactive and the third string quarterback for the first time all year. So Here's how Robert Sala explained it. Quote, as it pertains to Mike, if Zach ever gets hurt, we're giving Mike White the opportunity to go in there. We felt like rather than just bump him up all the way up, just allow him the opportunity to practice and get his mind right preparing as a second quarterback. Although you would like to think that preparing for the third quarterback you prepare exactly the same way. There's a human element. So just allow him the opportunity to prepare if if he's the next man up. So basically, it seems like Sala is saying that at some point, In recent weeks, they decided that Mike White is, in fact, for real now, their their backup quarterback of the future. And if something happens to Zach Wilson, they want to see him. Again, he did not explain what changed with Joe Flacco in that regard. But that's the explanation. The only thing he answered definitively about all this is that moving forward, Mike White is the number two quarterback. Joe Flacco is the number three quarterback. To be honest with you, what this made me think is that either the Jets are trying to trade him or going to trade him or had a trade lined up yesterday for him that fell through because none of this makes any sense otherwise. Um, But moving on, as it pertains to Streveler, why Streveler was called up and then not active today. um, Quote, with Streveler, we had some things going into the weekend I'm not going to get into detail in terms of having the opportunity to get him up. You have to declare Saturday by 4 PM. You can't wait until game day to get him up. A couple of things happened and we deactivated. him. End quote. I don't know what to do with that. You guys can guess your guess is good. As good as mine. I don't know if he did something wrong. If the jets had second thoughts about a streveler package that maybe they thought they could use against the Patriots. If this is all because maybe Flacco was going to get traded, I don't know. I, I I don't have a good answer for you. I can tell you that it was bizarre. But anyway, the takeaway is that moving forward, Mike White is the guy as a backup, and and Joe Flacco is not, and I don't know why, but um, that's the situation. So, yeah, just a totally chill and normal day in the locker room, and I hope you guys could all keep up with that.
0: Andy Vasquez covering the jets for NJ.com. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the jets loss to the new England Patriots with me. 22 17, the final score really appreciate it for those that want to check out your work over at NJ.com and follow you on social media. How can they follow you and what do they have in store for them when they read your work over at NJ.com?
1: Yeah, I'm at Andy underscore Vasquez on Twitter by Andy Vasquez on Instagram. And, um, We'll have a whole lot of stuff. We're gonna break down Zach Wilson and and what is next moving forward. We're gonna we broke down the whole um, Joe Flacco Streler thing and and what that means and the Mike White thing going forward. Although I don't really know what it means, but I tried my best. Um, and look, I, I know I've been negative here, but the Jets are five and three. Their season is not over. They can still get this fixed, but. I mean, honestly, that's going to be the big story moving forward. Obviously, they have a tough game moving forward with the Bills before the bye. Um, the odds are they're going to be five and four, but if if they can come back from the bye and beat the Patriots, they're six and four. They're in great shape to make the playoffs for the first time in eleven years and, and stop this drought before it becomes a franchise record. The season is not over. This team is talented enough to do some damage and, and make some noise. I don't want that to get lost in all of this, um, and our, our coverage will certainly reflect that moving forward, but it, it, it just was a bizarre day, and I don't know how else to say that. So that's the reason for my tone tonight.
0: Make sure that you follow Andy on Twitter and and read his work over at nj.com check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet youtube channel the thunder from down under Luke Grant has got some awesome all 22 breakdowns so watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already youtube.com slash playlikeajet visit our store tpublic.com that's t-e-e-public.com we've got the John Franklin Myers Quinn Williams bless you thank you shirt the Zach says go long shirt the Zach the Ripper shirt the play like a jet logo shirt cap mugs hoodies it's all there tpublic.com that's